Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Respiration Happy Hour. This is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. And this is Louisa Harrell, a.k.a. The Blue Phoenix. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And our co-host, our other co-host, Cortina, will be with us around 730. You know, the, the life of a therapist. And, you know, you got to provide for your clients. So um, what are we sipping on today? Well, today we are sipping on a dirty martini. Okay, my drink of choice. <laughs> so, in a dirty martini, you need vodka, you need olive juice, and you need vermouth. So, you take that and you, and you put it in a stir with ice and you shake it. Well, you know what? Do you shake it? Maybe. And then you just strain it into a martini glass. <laughs> you know what? I'm so finicky when it comes to the dirty martini because. I don't like vermouth. I don't like mine with vodka. I like mine with gin. And then I like mine stirred, not shaken. Some strange. Okay. Me, but it also makes me feel kind of fancy when I'm ordering it. <laughs> it sounds fancy when you just said it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, every Wednesday, and we didn't do it. When was it? The last two weeks? Have we had WCWs? I don't think so. I think we kind of skipped. You know, I tell you what, we are, this is what happens when we come back from a summer break. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm still kind of getting in the groove of things, so to speak. Yeah. But, you know, I have my WCW for today. <laughs> what about you? No, so uh, I will kick off. I'll I'll cover the WCWs for for this episode. Okay, so this past Saturday I had my kids red carpet in Houston, and when I say that some of the authors are on the tour are some of the most amazing women, so I'm going to shout out the four women that were on my oh god, there's something flying on me. Um, that was on my at, at my event. So there's Ra Harmon. There's Dee Barther. There is Charday Redmond, who is a guest today on the Herspiration Happy Hour. And then there's Don Charleston Green. And Don has actually been with me through all three tours from Jackson to Atlanta to Austin. So awesome. I know. So shout out to all the women who are out here, you know, authoring books, especially those who are authoring them for children. So Always amazing. How was your week? How's your weekend slash how's your week been going so far? Um, it's been pretty good. Took the kids to um, the pool in a baseball game Friday, Saturday. Uh, the Nets game, they played the Padres for the second time, and they won this time. Uh, the Nets have not had a good season. I'm not sure what's going on with them, but they won Saturday, so I was glad about that. And um, sort of, and ran around my aunt turned 70 um monday i know right so we you know cooked dinner for her sunday and so it's just been working kids and for the most part everything's been pretty good oh nice nice well i myself have had a very long long few weeks i think last weekend no last wednesday i was podcasting from alabama oh yeah 
Yeah, I podcast from Alabama last weekend. I'm this week, well, no, last Wednesday. This Wednesday, today, I'm home back in Maryland. When I say that was the longest trip, so my mom and I left on that Thursday morning and drove 11 and a, 11 and a half hours to Austin. Wow. Yeah, great trip. And then, so I, I was in Austin Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday, Jay and I went, drove from Austin to New Orleans to Maryland. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, so we got to, no, sorry, not to Maryland, to Alabama. So we got to Alabama about 2.30ish in the morning on Monday morning, slept a few hours, woke up and then drove 11 and a half hours to Maryland. Oh, my God. So, roughly 23 hours in the course of two days. I'm still, I'm still kind of um, getting myself together. Oh, where did I say, Mom? So first of all, my mom is correcting me. I did not go to Austin. I'm actually planning something in Austin. And so that's where my mind is at. So I'm at Houston. We drove to and from Houston. Thank you, mom. <laughs> checking me, checking me. Um, I'm still recovering. So now let me, let me tell you this little secret that I, my mom had recently, she kind of gifted me, but I think I kind of took it also. Have you ever had a, a slept with a weighted blanket? No, I've heard about them. They are, first of all, they're kind of heavy. And I've been told, I've heard about them that they come in different weights. So my mom had a weighted blanket and she, we took it to, I'm trying to think, where do we have that at? We, I, I took it with us. Uh, she brought it with her when we went to from Alabama to at to Lagrange, Georgia. Tell you, I've been on the move, and then I was using it. I was like, "You got to share it." So she shared it with me. Girl, that's the best I have ever slept. So she said, "Oh, you can take it with you, you know, and have it." What? I brought it home, and when I say the best sleep I've gotten, and as somebody who suffers from insomnia and normally has to take melatonin. I don't know something about the weight of that that blanket. Oh it just, man, I fall it right. It feels like you're um, swaddled a little bit. I was trying not to say that, but you know, you might need to be swaddled. That weight, you know, uh, uh, we like, you know, I'm, I'm having to give you one. I can only imagine. Mm -mm. Get you one. Get you one. If my mom ever asked for that back, she would not get that back. It is mine. <laughs> and I know she's on here. She tunes in on all of them, but she ain't getting that one back. I I sleep so well. It's and even though it's summer, I'm really looking forward to the winter time when it's because you know I'm gonna put it in the dryer to warm it a little bit and then just. <sighs> oh, that sounds good. Look, your mama probably already had enough. I'm telling you. So the weighted blanket has become my thing. Uh, but overall, the weekend was absolutely amazing. I'm still waiting to get the official pictures back and, you know, to post, but I'm loving all the posts from, you know, the people that are being on there and tagging me and them and they, you know, the awesome videos. It's been really cool. I, yeah, I was caught off guard dancing with the kids. That was, you know, I saw that. That was so cute. I know. And the kids was like, can you dance with me? Would you come in the booth with me? I was like, sure. This is my opportunity to be a kid as well. But you know, when you are amongst kids you you know when in rome you know be roman so uh, the kids 
And oh, I what I have not posted yet is like I have one where I was like rapping in the booth, uh, in the photo booth. It looks like really? it anyway. Yes, it looks like I was anyhow. I was having a good time. And I will say that there was a little snafu that happened that really, um, you know, things happen. And the place that I originally had was flooded out, got flooded. And I had to, the day before, find a new location or cancel. But when you drive as far as you had and you had other people, I was like, I don't care how much I have to pay. I'm going to make this go on. So I ended up still having it in a really lo good location, about 12 miles different from the original one. So there's still what to me was a really great, you know, turnout. And even though there were some people who I found out still went to the old location, but I did everything I can to divert oh. um, everybody, all the traffic there. We did have some walk-ins from the hotel and all of that stuff. So it was overall, it was really great. I had a ball. The kids had a ball. I was told the kids slept very well that night. Those who attended. I bet they did. So that's it. So I'm starting now to focus on next year's events and early planning because they're going to be back to back, May, June, July, August. I'm totally insane. Okay, so you're going to do four instead of three. Yes. Well, it was supposed to be a fourth one, but I had to cancel it because of my TEDx South Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would have been too much for me to try to do anything while I'm over in Africa and still try to, you know, take care of stuff here. Now, granted, I've done that, but when, you know, the different time zones and whatnot, I didn't want to have to take any risk. And then literally when I came back, I, I still have the Congressional Black Caucus in which I'm, um, yeah, I'm speaking at that. And then I have Cortina's wedding and then I'm speaking at this um what is it? The It's a National College of Leadership uh, forum as well. I'll be posting all of these things. They're on my website under my event page, everything that I have going on. So this year is just taking off. I'll be back in Houston um, with a client of mine and slash friend of mine to help with some stuff for her. So I have so much going on. I'm flying out again on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know. So between now and the end of November, I am hit and miss. I'll actually slow down right after the first of the first weekend. So starting the second weekend in December, that's when it actually slows down for me. Okay. Well, that's around a good time because the snow might come in. It may not. Um, but that's a good time. Yeah. So, but I never know. Things change. I don't know, but without further ado, our our guest is here and we're going to bring her on. She's a children's book author and I love the title of her book, Why Do You Talk Proper? And so, you know, it's, I will say like during the tour, she was there, she had the cutest little table and chairs where kids got to color. I love how the diversity between all of my authors and how they set up their, their you know, their stations and all of those things to bring in and be very kid friendly because that's the whole mission of the tour. So we have here Miss Sharday Redman. Am I pronouncing your name right, Sharday? Yes, that's my Thanks. name. <laughs> How are you on this fine Wednesday? I'm doing good. How are you? I am amazing. Got the hair pulled back today. Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. 
Tell our audience a little bit about yourself and then we're going to get into your book. Okay, so my name is Sharday Redman. I am the proud author of Why Do You Talk So Proper? I am from Dallas, Texas. And yes, I always just wanted to write a children's book, especially whenever I was able to figure out like what topic to write it about and once I got the idea in my head I was like wow this is so relatable because this is the story of my life you know why do you talk so proper why do you talk funny you can't be from here you talk like a white girl so once the idea just resonated in my soul I just had to go from there did you look for books before you decided to write your book um no some I'm a pretty big goal oriented type of person. So anytime that like I think of something that could be something that I can achieve, I kind of just go from there. So I always had that idea in the back of my head of like, oh, it would be so cool to write a book, but I have no idea where to start. And I just had a an incident in Miami while I was vacationing when a stranger walked up to me and said, oh, you talk like a white girl. And then I said, I wonder if there's like a children's book about this got home looked for it and I saw that it didn't exist. Wow, and how did it make you feel because you could not find it? Um, I just would revert back to my childhood when I was actually having the issue. And I was just thinking if there was a book out that I could have had access to at that time in my life, I could have taken this situation as an adult in a totally different direction or just been just giving myself a little bit more grace when I was just being a little tough on myself, just trying to be like all of my other classmates and not just really embrace my differences and who what makes me unique. Oh wow. Okay. And so now that this book exists, mm -hmm. how does that you know, I guess how do you now get children to understand that not only reading this book to embrace their differences? but to own the power of their own voice. So um, when I have read the book to children or just at book fairs, they already kind of understand what the book is about without even having to really explain because so many children, especially children um, that are African-American, they deal with this issue. It's just not talked about a lot. Um, even I've had adults come up to my table and say, you know, this has been the story of my life. I remember when I moved from California to Mississippi and I got teased for this, you know, I was taunted, things like that. So the kids, they already know what the, what the book is about. And even if they aren't going through the exact issue of talking to proper, they just know that Ginger Honeysuckle is, there's something different about her and her classmates are giving her a hard time about it. So they're able to resonate with the book immediately. And so how did you, what was in your mind when you created Ginger Honeysuckle? So Ginger Honeysuckle is actually based off of a real person. She just gives me so much inspiration. I just love her to death. She's just started the second grade. So when I first started, you know, kind of thinking about the book, I'm like, I wonder what my main character would look like. At the time, she was only like two, maybe because it took me six years to 
have the courage to get the book out there into the world. So at the time, I think I had first met her and she was about two years old and she is so cute. She's just this sweet little ball of chocolate and I just love her so much. So um, immediately that's who I knew um, who I would want to base a character off of. So now you said something so powerful, six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> years because people don't understand six years why did it take you six years what was the apprehension about the six years that it took you to get to where you are now and then also tell me what that journey was like over that six years so um the question of what if all the negatives like what if this doesn't work out. What if people don't like it? What if people don't support it? What if people think that this dumb? What if, what if, what if? So that's the main reason why it did take so long. And then also just being overwhelmed with just trying to figure out like what direction to take this book in. Like, do I want to self-publish it? Do I want to go to like a top publishing company that doesn't really cater to us self-published authors? You know, do I want to do it on Amazon, KDP? Like, how do I want to do this? And it was just like very overwhelming when I started to do my intense research. That's another thing. You should do your research, but you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't have do so much research to where you scare yourself out of doing it. So that's another thing. Just a lot of self-doubt. What if? What if? And then also not having a lot of discipline. You mm-hmm. must have discipline to sit down and block out all the distractions in the world and literally get to work. So that's why it took six years. And the journey um, along actually getting it published, um, I want to say that I interviewed maybe seven or eight um, publishing companies. Um, I definitely wanted to go with the Black-owned company. Um, I wanted to go with someone that was local to me here in Dallas, but I found an amazing publisher located in Atlanta, Georgia. She is amazing. She's great. I could always call on her for any help, advice, tips, letting me know, like, okay, Sade, you know, come on, we got to get this out, you know. So that's just how the journey just kind of went. And um, it's been a, a good journey so far. Oh, that's so awesome. So awesome. It is definitely something to have to sit down and write. I always feel, I mean, because I write adult and children's books and there's so much more work that goes into these children's books that it takes me longer to write a children's book, but an adult book I can knock out in 30 days, but I'm spending months <laughs> writing this children's book because there's about, you have to be managed, you know, mindful of sight words and you know, just all these little schematics that you want to make it also enriching and educational for children. Mm-hmm. So all of those different things matter. And then there's the big homework. And I always tell people this, It's not necessarily the writing of the book that gets me. It's the illustration part. Mm -hmm. It's now visualizing what I want when I'm reading this. I I have to close my eyes and say, okay, page one, um, setting, background, clothes, hair. Uh, Are there any toys around? Are they in a room? Yes. (laughs) There is so much that goes along with the illustration that 
it might take me two months sometimes to write um, a couple of children's books, but it takes me a lot longer to illustrate. It'll take me an entire month just to illustrate what I've already written. Do you, would you say that that was somewhat, somewhat of the experience that you had when you was going through the illustration process? Yes, um, I was being so picky. <laughs> I, whenever they were presenting things to me, it was great. But I was just like, this is really important. I need to be picky. I'm usually pretty laid back, but I was like, I cannot be laid back when it comes to these illustrations. So I would just be nitpicking at anything. It's like, okay, well, I really like this, but her hair, her hair's too straight. Like, mm, I thought I wanted her to have a gap. Now I don't. Um, I thought I wanted her to have freckles. Now I don't. Mm, I like this, mm, but I don't like that. So the illustrations is, um, it's a pretty um, lengthy process depending on how picky you are, because once they make the revisions, they just can't, you know, revise it and get it back to you within a day. Like it could take weeks. So with the illustrations, that was probably one of the most difficult parts of the process because I also was giving my vision in my brain to someone else. And usually your illustrator, you usually don't even know them. They don't know you. You know, they're just pretty much just, they're pretty much putting their... What's the word I'm trying to say? They're they're going off based on what you um, are giving to them. Mm -hmm. So pretty much you have to be like extremely detailed oriented. I was so detailed with my manuscript. It was just like, okay, I want Ginger. Okay, Ginger Honeysuckle is the main character in my book, by the way. So Ginger Honeysuckle, you know, I want her to, to be um, hopscotching in her backyard with her dog, I want butterflies in the background. I want her having a different outfit on. I want her hair half up, half down. I want her socks to be yellow, but blue jean shorts with a, a green t-shirt. Like I had to be very, very detailed with that. So the illustration part is, um, it's an interesting process. <laughs> so now that you work with your illustrator and as you write, continue to write books, would you keep the same illustrator or are you open to others? So that's the good thing about my publisher. She has everything under one roof. Mm -hmm. She did everything for me. So she has a whole team of illustrators that all, you know, are kind of like-minded. So um, I have one illustrator for my book and then I have a coloring book coming out and I believe it is a different illustrator. So um, at anything that, you know, she gives to me, I fully trust. That's another thing about the process is you have to find people who you can trust. So I had interviewed this other publisher. I thought it was just a match made in heaven. She lived here in Dallas. I was like so excited for her. But then she ghosted me. <laughs> Literally just quit replying to me. I gave her my entire idea gave her the title of the book ginger honeysuckle's name i, I gave her everything and, and she just ghosted me so that's another learning lesson that i had that i learned pretty quickly is you got to just take certain things with a grain of salt and keep it moving because i was i was upset <laughs> Did you, had you paid her not yet but i was just so worried that she was still my idea
Yeah, that's oh, that's a big really concern. Scared, I would have thought really of too. about that. So you hadn't copy, you didn't have it copywritten before you sent it to her. Mm -mm. Oh no, I don't. I don't even think I got that far. It's just I gave her just my overall idea of like she could have ran with that and just switched up a little bit, but it could have been like the same thing. The fact that she did have a children's publishing company, you know, she could just took my idea and change a few things. So by the grace of God, I was able to find my new publisher, Journal Joy Publishing. Y'all should check her out. She's really great. So, you know, things happen for a reason. And um, I'm glad I learned that lesson early on. Wow, that is, ooh, that's a lot. Cause see, as somebody who I, I publish my own, I have, I've, I've been working with the same illustrator for what, a year and a half now. And there's something very unique, and I'll share with you about working with the same illustrator. So your coloring book, will it have, would it be featuring Ginger or are you having a different character? Yes, it will feature, it will feature Ginger. Well, hello. Okay. I'm background, So I couldn't really, this is what happens when you record live and people start coming in the house. <laughs> so it's like, uh, my alarm system is going off right now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a microwave. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm like, no, that's the alarms. Like, is he going to turn this thing off anytime soon? Yeah, but yes, we do have our other co-host Cortina on here um, that I was still trying to just, you know, say about the uniqueness about working with the same illustrator is at a certain point, I know the hardness of writing out that all the illustration. Now my illustrator has worked with me for so long. Sometimes I'm just like, girl, I don't have nothing else. You know, look, whatever you come up with. Then it'll give me some ideas if I want something tweaked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But I'm also several, several, several books in. She's been, she's done all of my books in, in all three languages. So as you start to work with the same illustrators over the same, if you have the same character, having the consistency in the same illustrator will help you along the way. That's just a little tip um, I would go with. So if you can ask your publisher to say, is it any way that I can continue to have the same illustrator? They'll get to know your work consistently as you are, if, if, you, if you continue to have books about Ginger. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that will, it cuts, it cuts down on time. Cause, and, and then when she sends it sometimes, I'm like, can you make her look a little younger? Can you just Tweak the hair just a little bit. I mean, and and so to be quite honest, she knows me so well that I mean, even when I put stuff, she, if it don't look good to her, make sense. I get something that I didn't even write. It's like that's not what I that's not what I I had her in. <laughs> but this is a year and a half in. I've established a really great relationship with my illustrator. So sometimes in her mind, what I think will look right, and what she as she's creating the pages she might make some tweaks for, especially when I'm, when I want consistency and how their bedrooms look and, and all of those things. So, but having that and somebody that can continually recreate your ideas, they get to know you personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Quick, quick tip. Um, so <laughs> let me ask you this. What has your experience now that you're on the other side and you are now officially a publisher? What, 
what now, you know, what's your experience now that you're ready to forge forward? You have a coloring book coming out, but where do you envision the future of Ginger? So I envision a lot. I have so many things going on up here just about Ginger, Honeysuckle, and like any other characters that I do decide to introduce. So I do want to start working on my second children's book pretty soon. But besides, you know, publishing a second book, as always the goal as an author is to publish more books. Um, I definitely would like to go on a book tour, whether it's around Texas or around the United States. Um, definitely some type of a book tour, perhaps even like curating my own events with other children book authors. Um, definitely want to get in the hands of, you know, say Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, because I have actually listened to interviews of them going through the same issues growing up. So I know that it's something that they can definitely relate to that I know that they would have wished existed when they were young girls trying to figure it out that they could have could have had access to. So those are just a few things that um I just think about pretty much on the daily. Oh, and also one of the biggest goals, target, 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 target. So those are just a few goals that I have here and where I want to take Ginger Honeysuckle. Oh, that's so awesome. Go ahead. And I know I probably missed it, but how did you come up with that name? Uh, Ginger's name? Yeah, her whole name. Yeah. Oh, Ginger Honeysuckle. <laughs> um, so I rewrote the book a few times, like over the years, because it took six years for me to get this project out and going. So I have a few manuscripts of the book, like over the years. And I'm really glad that I wrote a few because I came across like the very first one a few weeks ago. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, it's, that's, that's the word. But so when I was rewriting the book, um, I was really bored at work one day during COVID. And I said, I'm going to rewrite this book. Like, I'm feeling inspired today. And um, I just rewrote everything, like the theme of the book, the characters. And I was thinking, what is like a cute name for a little girl? And the name Ginger just populated into my brain for some reason. I said, okay, she's going to have another name that's catchy with it. So Honeysuckle. In elementary school, there was a hill um, in the back of the school filled with honeysuckles. Oh. So, you know, being a country Texas kid, we used to go up there during recess and just pick the honeysuckles and just suck on them. So that's where honeysuckle comes from. And it's so crazy. During COVID, my sister adopted a dog. And we're just thinking about like names for the dog. I hadn't told her I rewrote the book or anything. That's even before I really even shared me wanting to do this with a lot of people and um, i kept it like as if it were a secret for like the longest i was just afraid what people would say but anyways she named her dog ginger before i even tell her and i was like man this something is telling me that i like, actually need to do this like these are all the signs so that's where ginger honeysuckle came from and here she is right here that's ginger Okay, which one? Okay, the okay, okay. I was like, well, which one is Ginger? Because the other one, she looks like a ginger, you know, with her <laughs> hair. So I was like, well, which one is? Ginger? And you know what? You said that I never caught that. So I, I bought the book, and I never thought that 
the redhead looked like ginger. Maybe oh, it's because you know what? I hadn't even thought about. You know what? I hadn't even thought about. Because I'm like, she's a ginger, so like her hair. Is <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about the red hair too. No, yeah. I didn't. I immediately knew. But no. you know what? I'm gonna t I'm gonna tell you something that is awfully clever, because the name ginger, Cortina, you thought it was the redhead. I thought it was the ginger. I yeah. didn't. I I naturally gravitated to the black girl being mm -hmm. ginger. And from the moment that I saw it, and maybe it's because she described her on there, but I actually bought the book. I bought the book and I, I saw the, the dark skin you know, child on there. And I'm like, oh, that's such a unique name. Didn't even pay attention that there was a redhead on the book. <laughs> well, even as she was describing me in my, in my mind, as she was talking, and I know I came in later, I just had this vision of a ginger, fair skin character in my mind. Mm -mm, no. Well, I didn't think it. I didn't think she was fair skin, but I figured she would have red hair with freckles. I'm not sure. Why I, I heard you freckles. say the freckles. I heard you so say. I did want her to have freckles at first because I have freckles, but um, I just changed my mind along the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Cortina, you weren't on when she was describing that ginger honeysuckle character is really based off of a real child. Well, no, I didn't hear only yeah, that. I kept on saying, you didn't hear that. Yeah. And so to me, this even before I knew that, I don't know. I just knew that that was ginger. It was she was in front center. And I honestly, I this just goes to show I didn't even realize that there was a redhead on the book. I didn't, it was, it was there, but it wasn't there. So to speak, cause I was so focused. And then of course, you know, she was reading it over the weekend and that I always just knew it's just like one of those things. But the fact that you all saw the redhead and I didn't is, is traumatizing to me. I, I, I just assumed it was, I, I saw the black girl. I was like, okay, well she's on this podcast. I'm pretty sure like she's probably writing about black children if that's important to her. However, being totally uh, non-biased and not just assuming, going totally off of non-context clues, but just like <laughs> as you described her from when I came in, I was like, oh, okay, well, is ginger also ginger? Or is just so, yeah. And I've looked at the cover of this book so many times, but the reason why I probably hadn't even put the two together is because she's one of the bullies in the book, Ooh. and she's based off of a real person oh. as well and oh. this person and this person too okay what's the little boy name mm -hmm. that's a little boy so there are some people that you know inspired me along the way oh. just gave me just so much trouble just just pretty much poking like at like what made me different so I made sure to keep them in mind to keep me motivated. So those are some real people. Okay. I still know them to this okay. day. Oh, Sade, I don't <laughs> think you heard Cortina, but what, what's the little boy's name? Oh, they don't. They don't have names oh, in the book. Nameless. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. They're anonymous. They don't. So do we like describe like? And I don't. I don't want to give away the book because I want people to go out and buy it. But do we describe them as the boy, the girl? They're just um, her classmates. Okay. Her classmates just giving her a hard time. 
laughing at her. You know, why do you talk like this? Why do you talk so proper? Oh, so they're background characters. Like they're not real prominent. It's just no. all the classmates are mm -hmm. just kind of like one, but those two represent the bigger title of classmates. Yes. And oh. the interesting part about that is um, like microaggressions, you know, usually think that like only one race is like giving the microaggressions. But from my experience, I experienced it from black people, white people, Hispanics, Indians, you name it, just all the way around. You no, know? because the whenever I was in Miami, when I first thought of the book, like it was um it was an idea to come in my head. It was actually his a Hispanic who like accused me of talking like a white girl. So it's just very interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you when you look back now, because I, I often I'm a firm believer that it's the world that breaks you. I I went through a very, very similar of you talk black, you're not black enough. Um <laughs> from my own black people. I have my black car taken a whole bunch mm -hmm. because, I, because of the way that I spoke, because of the things that I liked, because of things that I did not like, because of my hair being curly and I did not look like what they were used to seeing as black. So I can resonate with a lot of things in your book. When you look back now, what is your most rewarding feeling now that you've been able to overcome and be able to share your story? Cause it's personal mm -hmm. that where you, it's, you know, you can, what's the word I'm looking for or the statement I'm looking for. What, what is it that you have now in you that's made, that's built your character even more so to accept who you are to the world? Um, I guess what I would have to say is I just always think of the young me. Like when I first um, started dealing with these issues in sixth grade, I just think about her and how proud that she would be. And I just think about other girls or young boys that need this boost of confidence that if they just read this book once or if they, even if they read it a million times, that they know that just being unique is what makes the world go around. Like everyone is different and that's what's really gonna make you just succeed in life, no matter what your definition of success is, is your differences. So that's that's what I would have to say, which makes me just excited that I actually indulged myself in this experience of becoming a children's book author um, because this book did not exist before I published it, this book, it literally does not exist. So I'm just happy that I went ahead and just got the what if questions out of my brain and just proceeded with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna ask you a very profound question. Okay. Why black, cho why black children's literature? Cause I mean, there's in a lot of, there's a lot of black authors that choose not to go that route but mm -hmm. for you, it was important because you said it was important for you to have a black publisher. Mm -hmm. It was important for you to create this black character. So why black literature for you? Well, um, you know, of course, I am black. <laughs> I am, um, you know, I'm a black girl. And when I first started like doing a lot of research on children's books, that's one number or 
one statistic that, you know, my like, dang, that makes me sad that there aren't a ton of black children authors. And also just my topic, I know that black children will be able to relate to it a lot more than just say children of other races or backgrounds. Um, I feel like just being um, an African-American woman, we have it so hard in so many different areas. And I know that if this book can just, if I can get this book into the hands of like so many other small children, I know that will just make all the difference in the world. So yeah, just I'm down for my people, anything to uplift us, anything just that's positive. I really want to just embed that in our children at such an early age. So that's why I chose um, to go the the black route. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, I wouldn't ask that question. Yeah, so we, you know, we open a podcast for everybody, but I think that there are so many unique ways to write. There are black authors that will feature animals before they will feature black children. There are, you know, black authors that won't have any black characters in their book so that they can sell more books and appeal to people. Um, so I always ask the question, I've interviewed a lot of people, I mean, both on and off of this podcast and their, their questions or their answers and responses to things have been like, wow, you know, this is also why there's a different number in black children's books that have black characters. There are actually more books with animals mm -hmm. than there are black children in them. Those are the statistics that I was reading. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also, it's just interesting that you asked me that because I never even thought about that you know to make the main character like a different race or anything like that it just was so personal to me i mean it was a no-brainer that the child had to be black like i i'm like my mind is just blown right now because i've never have really even thought of that it was just a no-brainer to me that this is the route that i want to take and just go from there mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. It's, it's something so powerful and moving when what you're giving will impact so many, so many people, so many minority people who speak just like you, who look just like you, who would, who don't feel comfortable in their own skin because society tells them that it's wrong mm -hmm. or they're not woke or cultural enough. And here's the sad part. There are adults who have a thing or two to learn about accepting themselves just from the books that you're in. Cause there are still a lot of adults who still have not grasped and understand the, their uniqueness where they accept it. Mm -hmm. so I, I commend you for even bringing a book to light that touches on such a very delicate topic when it comes to speaking and being told that how you speak is not a reflection a reflection of what black suggests. Right. That part. <laughs> that part right there. It's it's wild. It's like one thing for kids to give kids a hard time about things, but it's also another thing for adults to give other adults a hard time about about it. 
about something that makes you you. Like last mm -hmm. I checked, mm -hmm. my voice box does not have a color. It doesn't. I mean, it was always, I mean, it was even up till this year. I picked up the phone. I was talking to an old classmate and he said, hey, white girl. And he snickered. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just went along with my conversation. So that's how I always have just kind of dealt with the issue is to brush it off because mm -hmm. I know who I am. I am confident in who I am. However, there are a lot of people who are not confident <clears throat> in who they are and they need that extra boost of confidence. And it all starts as a child. So there's mm -hmm. a part of the book where um, Ginger is trying to change how she talks yeah. to fit in and her mom corrects her, but that really happened to me. As a child, I was trying to change how I was talking and my mom was like, girl, stop. <laughs> I've met your mom, I believe that. <laughs> Just like, girl. Uh-oh. Oh, did she just kind of? Yeah. I'm sure she'll be coming yeah. when she might have got a, you know, sometimes when when our guests get calls and it's not on like a do not disturb, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. shut it down. We'll give her a moment to come back. Cortina, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> oh what, are, what? It's been a look. It's Wednesday and it's been a long week for me. So I can kind yeah. of. I can kind of understand. Yes, I'm not. I I, I never say this. I, uh, Thursdays are always my longest day. Uh, I start at eight tomorrow, and I don't finish until eight in the evening tomorrow. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a long yeah, day. It is, and uh, I went to go renew my Georgia license for my LPC, and I hit the wrong button. So I'm going to have to be fighting with them to get my money back because it went to a new license and not a renewal license. So I got like all this stuff on the checklist. I'm like, no, I just spent money for an initial license. And I'm like, this is the wrong thing. So I'm freaking out about that. I'm like, oh, my God. You're talking about for not, not your driver's license, but your no, LPC, my, my practice. Oh, yes. Because I got to do it by the expiration date, but I need to make sure I talk to somebody because I'm not trying to pay double. And then they be like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't get your money back. You've already paid for this. I'm like, okay, I'm already licensed. Like, this is ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Yes, hopefully they can, you know. So I was on the phone with them. Then my other patient came and I couldn't, I can't hang on for two hours. So I had to hang up. So I got, by the time I had a little free little break, they're closed. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Um, like, what in the world? I'm hoping yeah, yeah. any issues. Um, she hasn't come back on and she I'm checking my messages now to see if anything has come in. I don't see anything. Nope, don't see anything yet. We'll give her, I mean, we still have a few more minutes left anyway. So it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's such a delight though. She's even more yeah. she's even more bubbly in person. I, I think that's, you know what? You know how I am about my authors. <laughs> that's on my tour. Uh, you know how I am. And when it comes to, you know, just people who are pouring into children and the different things that they offer, she's she's like the Takenya. Um, 
just in a different way. I would say, yeah. I'm not calling you old, but she's like a, a younger, very, you know, she's she's much younger than I, than we are. Um, and just everything that she has to offer and where her mind is and the things mm -hmm. that she created. Mm -hmm. And she was such a delight to meet formally um, at the event on Saturday. And her mom was also a delight as well. We turned up, I tell you, we turned oh. up. I know, I know, I know. I'm actually looking forward to next year. You know, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be some of the authors that will be on the tour next year um, that from this year, and then, you know, any new ones that come along still be a delight just to have. It's something about children that makes you feel like a child again. You know, particularly, yeah. I mean, you know, black children in and of itself are very creative beings. And the fact that everybody, oh, she's back. Oh, my God, y'all. <laughs> There's, I need to take my phone to the store. There is something eating my battery life. My phone was on like 60% and then it died. Oh, <laughs> but I'm glad y'all are here still. <laughs> oh, we're still here. Oh, yeah, we're, we're still here. here. You know, we hang out until 8 p.m. So we was like, well, we're going to give her time to come yeah. back. Okay. We're, in a, we're just having conversation. I was sharing with them, like, you know, how you, the things that you bring to, that you brought and how, you know, um, your energy that you brought on Saturday, it was just different. And I like all the eclectic viewpoints of, you know, the different authors and the spaces and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so you remind me of authors to Kenya who is on here, but a much younger version. And I said, I wasn't calling her old, but I know she has children around your age. Okay. So, yes. And so, but you it's her, what she brings is just so, different and authentic that you're naturally drawn to her. You said what it said. I enjoy seeing the video. Oh, she said she she enjoys seeing the videos in Houston. Uh, and even though I'm still waiting on all the professional pictures, I'm just sharing about how what you brought something so different, like what to Kenya brings to mm -hmm. the tour. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So it's, it's always just such a delight, such a delight. So I have one last question before wrap up because I didn't get a chance to ask you this. Um, I know that you chose to create your character from a real life little little human. I call them my little humans. Um, what made you choose that, especially with her darker tone, um, darker toned skin versus your lighter toned skin because you experienced this, but you chose a character who was darker. It was there something methodical that made you say, you know what, even though I'm, I'm of a brighter skin, black woman, I, this is what I want to embrace. Well, my little friend, I just love her so much. I literally like, she's just so inspirational to mm -hmm. me and I just love her so much. So to me, it was it was easy. But then um, along the years, as I was, you know, starting to work on it, I also thought that um, maybe if the character were like a lighter tone, maybe um, people might be like, oh, whatever. Because, you know, she's light skin. And unfortunately, colorism, people like, oh, you know, you're light skin. You grew up in the suburbs, blah, blah. So that's something I kind of did think like after the fact. But my main character, you know, 
she's she's just so sweet and inspirational and so cute like the character looks just like her like they are identical so i just didn't really see another route to take it but i did kind of think about the skin tone and all of that like years down the road after my mind was pretty made up but um yeah just when you find that inspiration you want to stick to it so that was my main reason of um, just sticking to a darker character because she really means a lot to me in real life oh that's so sweet it's, it, I, I was sitting here thinking right before you came up i was going to tell pam i was like at even though I came in, you know, later as you were describing the character, it's so funny how words you can envision and picture your own image in, in your mind. It's almost like if I was blind, let me say, as you were describing her, like I was putting without even saying like a, a, a skin tone, but like the jeans and the yellow and the socks and the butterflies, like all of those different descriptors that you were uh, you know, calling out is like I had this own picture of what that looked like in my <laughs> mind. And that's the power of like illustration. Like you can really with just reading, like as you read books, you're really coming up with your own version of what it is that you're consuming, what you're reading. And I think that's absolutely so, so powerful. Yes. Yeah. I enjoy that. I agree. I totally agree. So where can people find your books? How can people connect with you? Stay in the know about your coloring book and book number two. Yes. So um, you can purchase the book on my website, which is www.redmanbooks.net. We are also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and Walmart. Um, as far as connecting with me, um, you can connect with us on my website. Um, I also am very active on Instagram and Facebook. And it's just all under the same handle, Redmond Books. Okay. I'm, I'm putting, I'm about to post it. Yeah, so let's. Let's see. Is that correct? You know what? I'm going to just have to do this. Let's see. Yes. Uh, right. Book.net. Oh, book.net. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. So let me go here and edit and it's books.net. Yes, ma'am. Let's see. And you're in, you're still located in, in Texas? Yes. Okay. I will be in Texas probably until the day that I die. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> What part of Texas? Um, Dallas, the suburbs of Dallas. Okay. So, yes. so you don't think you will move anywhere else in Texas? Mm, don't sound like it. <laughs> um, mm, I don't think so. Like, of course, like I go and visit places and travel and I always envision, can I, can I see myself living here? Mm. And I, think, mm, I think I'll just visit. You know, just Texas is just home. All of my family's here. I love it here. So, yeah, Texas is always home. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. We thank you so much for yes. stopping in. Thank you thank for you. having me. When, so let me ask you this. When When is the next book? Not the coloring, but the next book. Is it this year? Is it next year? 
Um, it's going to be next year. Okay. <laughs> it will be next year. Um, I do have a couple of ideas brewing around. Um, it may or may not be targeted towards black kids. Okay. I have another, I have another um, book idea that I don't think exists that's going to be for a different demographic. Mm-hmm. But um, it still will make a really big impact. So once I get the coloring book out of the way, um, I will start working on finalizing the details for the second book. Y'all follow me on any of those platforms. As soon as I figure it out, I'm going to shout it out to the world. So just follow me. <laughs> so, but next year, we'll be on season six here. Oh, yeah. So when you are ready to have this book come out, we definitely want to have you back on so that we can make sure to support everything that you are doing and wishing you tons of success. Um, and every and I love everything that you're doing. And I'm sure Cortina, even though she just popped in and Louisa, who had to step away, we just love being able to promote and support everything that you're doing. I have my copy of the book. You all, it's a great book and a great read. You all need to go and check it out. Thank you again for stopping by. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Have a great rest of your week. Okay. Okay. Bye. Oh, she's such a delight. Yes. Yes. We yes. have a few minutes left. So where can people follow you? I know you're stressed out and got a ton of things going on, but where can people follow you at? Um, everybody can follow me on the Girlfriend Therapist on all social media platforms uh, and Sex Unveil and the New R Center, but mostly the Girlfriend Therapist, as you can see right here. Okay. And and you're still working on your game for Sex Unveiled, right? Mm hmm Okay, so we're going to have to... It won't be... I mean, uh, there are a few copies. Well, not, not copies. They'll be printed, um, but they won't be available for purchase until December. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Christmas. Oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, when you're ready for Christmas. A great yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the greatest ones. But you know what? But this is going to be more of a, like... Spicy. A spicy adult it's like game. Christmas after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be out before Christmas or it's gonna be one of those things that also you know, depends on the, the printer because like I said, what I'm using right now, uh it's like $35 per deck. I I don't even want it to be that much, so I need to find a more uh economically printer friendly, cheaper route because I mean, I wouldn't make a profit. So I got to try and find a, you know, for my dissertation, I don't mind because it's a few yes. decks. But as far as me printing, no one's going to pay like $50 for a game. They might, but I don't want to sell it for that much because I want people to start making communication sexy. I want them to start talking about these things. Well, you, but you're also talking about making not just any communication sexy. You're talking oh, yeah. about making sexual communication sexy. So that's the difference. Well, yeah, I just call it making communication sexy because people don't talk about sexy conversations. Okay. Or, you know, hot and steamy and ones that make you feel a little bit ooh, uncomfortable and like, oh, I'm blushing. This is embarrassing. We don't talk about this. Like, no, we want sex with the lights off. No. <laughs> Let's talk more about what we want, what we don't want. And if we don't know what we want or what we don't want, don't want, let's explore the possibilities. Okay. 
Yes. And see, we went from children's books to <laughs> sexy talk. You know, yeah. But as far as Louisa, you can follow her on the Blue Phoenix Heels on all social media platforms. For me, you can follow me at I am Dr. P. Gurley on all social media platforms. But also go follow my new page, which is the BGBB Kids Red Carpet. Um, they have their own page. There's so much daggone content. I had to create their own. You can also follow the book series, which is the Brown Girl and Brown Boy book series on all social media platforms as well. If you like the show, you can also hit us in the tip jar. This is what keeps our in, our podcast free. Uh, www.buymeacoffee.com backslash herspiration HH. Um, do you have anything? Oh, last, if you want to be, uh, yeah. if you would like to be on the podcast or like to be featured, hit DAW entertainment backslash uh, podcast and register. It's really simple. It's a two-step really process. You fill out the intake form. You'll receive an email with a scheduler, schedule your appointment or your feature. Voila. A few days before your, your podcast feature, you'll receive an email with all of the email instructions. Here's the other part. So let me see. We're already filled up for the month of September. I believe I've said August is done. There's um, we're all the way in the last Wednesday of September. All the other months are all the other weeks are filled. Okay. Our next guest on the podcast would be Diana Richardson of Empowered Women in Power, who is an absolute amazing doll as well. And where am I at? I'm trying to hide all these tickers because, you know, <laughs> getting this stuff together. Uh, oh, she said <laughs> to Kenya said, love it after dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Christmas after oh, uh, look, she to Kenya's gonna. I'm gonna have to block a week, uh, you know, like one of the Wednesdays when we have that kind of conversation. Yeah. You know, every now and again, we do have the adult conversations that need to be had here. To Kenya, we're gonna have to have you on because one of the things that you know, not as not as an author though, but as you know, as someone who, good night, mom, that deals with. Um, you know, a mature conversations, discussions in relationships yeah, and the authenticity of it. So with that, it's, you know, I hope everybody has an amazing night. We'll see you next Wednesday yes. right here at 7 p.m. Our guests will come on between 7 and 10 and 7, 15 p.m. Uh, anything else? No, I have nothing else. Okay. Oh, you can follow us on Instagram at DAW Entertainment. That's it. And please hit the tip jar. Yeah, hit, hit the tip jar over and over and over and over here again. Um, we're trying not to have a charge to come on this platform. Uh, we do love that we're growing. We, we're grateful for all of our people that are tuning in and downloading later on and coming back and watching the episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, so with that, cheers. cheers.